It's time for WAKR's This Week in Tech with Gene Destro. This Week in Tech is brought to you by Cartridge World in North Canton, your home for copiers, printers, and supplies. The tech sector is booming in Ohio with big new developments over the past few weeks. But unlike what's been going on for years in places like Seattle and San Francisco, the emphasis here is not so much on software as it is on hardware. The biggest project is Intel's $20 billion semiconductor plant project in central Ohio, and both the state and federal government this week outlined plans to ensure that project is successful. In Ohio, the State Department of Transportation announced they'll spend $90 million on road construction and improvement projects in Licking, Delaware, and Franklin counties. And in Washington, U.S. Senator Sherrod Brown introduced legislation designed to cut government red tape. It says 7,000 construction jobs for 10 years. That's the magnitude of this. We've never seen anything like this in Ohio. Uh, We wrote the CHIPS Act to make sure this project happened, to make our country and our leader and our state the leader in semiconductor production that we know we can be and we know we should be. America invented the semiconductor, yet today 90% of them are made overseas, and the most complicated, sophisticated semiconductors, all of them are made overseas. That ends now. The CHIPS Act is about putting in place a new pro-American, pro-union industrial policy to ensure the technology of the future is made in Ohio, is made in America. We need to make sure it actually works, and we need to prevent delays in getting that facility built. It's why I introduced the Building Chimps in America Act. It would ensure federal environmental reviews are completed in a timely manner by streamlining approval for projects supported by the Chips Act. We know how big projects can too often get bogged down in endless reviews and red tape. Of course, we want authorities to do their due diligence, make sure they comply with environmental laws. This review process on a project like this can be redundant and can cause long, unnecessary delays. For large, complex projects, federal environmental reviews, come rightly so, can take several years. But pausing the construction work at Intel while that happens is unacceptable. It's already undergone state and local reviews. It has the permits. Our bill would mean this project would move forward without having to undergo redundant reviews at the federal level. But Intel isn't the only game in town, as Amazon Web Services recently announced they're investing $7.8 billion on new data centers, also to be located somewhere in central Ohio. I talked about it recently with Ohio Governor Mike DeWine. Did they tell you why it is that they decided to pick Ohio for this? Because clearly they could have put this anywhere. Well, they could have, but you know, this follows other data centers that have been put Ohio. I think they like the fact that we have a good business climate. They like the fact that we're centrally located. Uh, I think also, you know, the utilities are reasonable, whether it is electricity, you know, water, all of these things just really have come together, I think. And You know, this is a huge, huge investment. Uh, It's going to create a lot of direct jobs, but also, you know, an awful lot of indirect jobs as well. So when you talk about direct jobs, uh, the way I heard it was that it's going to be about 230-some direct jobs, which, you know, that isn't a huge amount, but there's going to be a lot of supporting jobs as well. I wonder if you could talk about those. Well, of course, the first thing you have is construction jobs. And as you know, we're building a lot of things in Ohio. We have the workers to do it. So that's a, a number of workers that are going to be employed for some time as they do this 
construction. Also, you know, having data centers in Ohio is it's good for attracting other businesses as well. Uh, some of these businesses really do want to be close to these data centers. So that's harder to really calculate or really to put a number behind, but it is, in fact, true, and uh, it's going to make, a, I think, a big, big difference. You know, these centers they're talking about contain computer servers, uh, data storage drives, uh, networking equipment, uh, all kinds of other forms of technology infrastructure. And there's also an educational component to it, too. I know that you're pretty excited about having Intel and Amazon, et cetera, down there in central Ohio. And one of the ways that you can support them is by feeding students from Ohio State University and some other universities in the state. What about an educational component, though, in the budget? Is there any more money to to beep up education to make sure people are ready to go for these jobs? Yeah, absolutely. My wife, Fran, and I, as well as Lieutenant Governor, have been traveling around the state uh, at our career centers, career centers in high school. Uh, we last year, for example, last school year, we had 10,000 more kids statewide in our career centers than we had just the year before. So, what we have is our career centers that are bursting at the seams with with young people, and there's waiting lists now, uh, if you can believe that, to get in. So, we have provided in the budget. Our proposal uh, is is a a 300 million dollar uh, reinvestment in these career centers, so they can build out, uh, so that they can make sure that they're no longer waiting lists so these young people can get the education that they want. And just this week, the state of Ohio rolled out a new technology summer job internship program for up to 535 high school students statewide. Employers will be reimbursed by the state to pay the students for the work in entry-level jobs like software development, data, cloud and IT infrastructure, cybersecurity, and broadband 5G. Lieutenant Governor John used it. This is an idea I had several years ago based on uh, a program that we already run called Choose Ohio First. Choose Ohio First is a scholarship for uh, Ohio high school graduates to go to Ohio colleges and universities and major in STEM. And at the time, uh, it was estimated that people go to work within 50 miles of where they graduate high school, where they graduate college, okay? And that's proven out with our Choose Ohio First scholarship, where we have 79% of graduates staying in Ohio. But with technology, a lot of times you don't need to go to college before you connect with an Ohio employer. A lot of these young students can leave high school go directly into the workforce and their employer will pay for their college. And so the idea behind the high school tech internship is that let's reach these students earlier. Let's get them connected with Ohio employers. Let's help them see all of the opportunities that are available in Ohio. And that will help us keep more of this young talent and help Ohio employers by giving them a pipeline of talent to serve their needs. And So that's the idea behind it. Also, it's a good thing to test, to try out different occupations earlier in life so that maybe these high school students will find out, hey, this is not exactly right for me. I'm going to make a little bit of a turn here and go try something else. So I think that it has the benefit to the whole state of Ohio because employers get a pipeline to talent. Young people earn skills and earn 
money earlier in their lives, and they're more likely for all of us to stay in Ohio and go to work. Also this month, we got word that the state is going to install 27 new electric vehicle charging stations approximately 50 miles apart along interstate highways. Of course, that includes several here in the Akron-Canton area on I-76 and I-77. Ohio Department of Transportation Director Jack Marchbanks. We are navigating a transportation paradigm shift the likes of which have not been seen since the Wright brothers took flight 120 years ago. Technology and innovation have created opportunities, new opportunities that didn't exist 30, 20, or even 10 years ago. Automotive manufacturing, as many of you know, is ingrained in Ohio's economy and our history. It will be part of our future as well. The industry has made it clear the electric revolution in vehicles is underway, and we must have the infrastructure to support it. As ODOT director, I regularly confer with my peers in other states to discuss the future of transportation. We talk a lot about the challenges and obstacles of electric vehicle technology. Things like range anxiety or not knowing when you're going to be able to charge up. A year from now, when these new stations start operating throughout the state, EV drivers can be confident that a charge will be available for them when needed. With the implementation of fast chargers for electric vehicles comes a need for skilled electricians to install the infrastructure and for trained technicians to maintain it. Drive Ohio plays a huge role in that workforce development from engaging our young people who now have a world of newer professions that didn't even exist 10 years ago to our higher ed and career tech students who are trailblazing new career paths to equipping our existing workforce with new skills and training to fuel their success in this emerging industry. But new technology training opportunities are not just limited to careers focused on ground vehicles. They're also being offered for students who are looking for careers in aviation, and not just regular old traditional aviation. At Kent State University, they're focused on something called advanced air mobility. And we talked about it with the former head of the NASA Glenn Research Center in Cleveland, Dr. Marla E. Perez-Davis, who's just been hired as the director of Kent State's brand new Center for Advanced Air Mobility. refers to the integration of autonomous aircraft technology in low-level air transportation systems. In other words, we will use like air taxis to move from point A to point B. Uh, it could be people, it could be cargo. And what it does is just expand uh, the opportunities for people to move and the efficiency of the systems. There's challenges with it. One of them is, obviously, you're going to have more transportation systems in the airspace, and there's also the need for the technologies to make sure that we have these autonomous systems operating in a safe and secure way. So we're looking at potentially, one, people in cargo being able to travel by an air taxi, which would be flying, but it would be flying at a lower altitude than a regular plane, right? That is correct. That is correct. And that's one of the challenges. Okay. And then also we could be looking at autonomous delivery systems like, let's say, your Amazon package, instead of being dropped off by a driver, it could just kind of drop onto your porch from a drone, right? That is correct. And, okay. you know, you think about some rural areas that get into them, it's kind of hard. These devices can get easier access to those areas. But the other piece is it will be relying more in electrical system. One of the concepts is what they call electrical 
our aircraft or vertical takeoff and landing. And it operates pretty much like on a helicopter. It can take off and land in the same spot. But the difference is that it's powered by electrical systems. So in many ways, it is more clean to the environment. Right, right. Now, what I understand about those kind of aircraft is they could be really useful, let's say, in a rescue situation, Mm -hmm. uh, like it would be able to go to a very small place, take off and land, no runway, et cetera, right? Yes. And, you know, right now, many of the uh, agencies use those drones for rescue and, and recovery. They can deploy these drones to have eyes in areas where, you know, it's um, harder to get to and or a little bit more complicated in terms of the, uh, the environment. Well, one of the things that we also have to work is not just about the technology, but the regulations. And right now, uh, the uses of those drones have some limitations. And one is that the operator has to have eyesight on the drones. So one of the things that, you know, we look at, we will be looking at, is how we can get data and uh, work with the uh, regulatory agencies to provide the information that is needed to make changes to, to that framework. That was Dr. Marla E. Perez-Davis, who's the director of Kent State University's new Center for Advanced Air Mobility. And I'm Jean Destro. Thanks for listening. Stay happy and healthy, and we'll see you again next week. This has been This Week in Tech with Gene Destro on WAKR, brought to you by Cartridge World in North Canton.